0: Hey everyone. This is 80s wrestling fan Brian and we've got another episode of Legendary Wrestling Figures. Um happy to have back uh Nate from at Ring Skirts on Twitter.
1: Nate, how's it going? Doing great, man. Glad to be here.
0: Um glad to have you. It's so fun talking with you. Um as far as the uh LJN's and when you uh you started off with those seven that we talked about last time. Um, Was it 2012 that you started uh, getting all the the full run and how long did it take you to get them?
1: Yeah. Would have been about, I want to say maybe a little earlier than that. I want to say maybe 2010 I was in grad school. Um, I, of course I had expanded my collection over those years, mostly at yard sales and things like that. And I had a buddy who had, a handful of ljn so i had about maybe 20 or 30 for quite a while but when that time period hit i had decided i had all the hasbros pretty much and i said you know what i want to see if i can go back and complete the ljns so i started going online and seeing which ones i didn't have and learning about the elusive black card series i probably completed completed it within maybe a couple years. Of course, outside of accessories, I haven't gotten all the accessories. Most, but not all.
0: I'm missing the uh, the nightstick for the big boss man, whichever one it came with. They they said it wasn't authentic. It still looks great in his hand, and I had to uh, bug one of my buddies, Mark Halverson, to send me. He sent me a picture of the actual one, and and so of course I had to have him send me multiple pictures next to like rulers and whatnot, so that I could really tell the difference. So. I'm satisfied with the one I have, but that's the the one piece that uh, isn't authentic. Um, they make such good reprodu- reproduction stuff now. Uh, like if you're missing a hacksaw, Jim Duggan two x four, or uh, a Harley Race crown, you can get something that'll you know it'll pass for it. Um, what kind of parts are you missing?
1: So same as you, man. I don't have the uh, the big boss man's Nightstick, but what I simply did is I had. Some quarter-inch wooden dowel. Took a little piece, glued it onto a longer piece, painted it up black, and it looks beautiful. It nice. Was a quick, simple, cheap fix. Um, I don't have. I don't have the belts. I mean, I have one or two of the original belts, but I don't have like all the belts. And I don't have Elizabeth's skirt, so I just made my own. But other than that, I have. All the rest of the accessories well, i even that's what- i even have uh from my brother's collection that i stole i have one of the stands
0: oh very cool i don't have any of those is it the uh the gray that they uh that was so common or is it some other color
1: yeah it's the gray wf logo stand with the slots that the feet slide into
0: yeah um, I don't know if they actually made it in other colors. I think the ones I've seen that are other colors were reproductions that somebody did. I, I think they were all gray, but
1: I believe so. I believe those would be the reproductions.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then uh, as far as the, uh, the, the big boss man's nightstick and you creating one, it just makes me think of all the, the amazing backdrops and sets you've done for your figure photography. What, at what age did you start? building and creating things where it led to this hobby of like making your own raw set and your own wrestlemania 9 set um when did you come up with that kind of creativity and figure out that you could build things
1: i was attempting i'll say attempting doing stuff like this right when i was probably 10 years old um trying to supplement my my hasbro figures so it started
0: with that uh, Genesee beer box and it kind of moved along. A beer box.
1: <laughs> and it worked into some other things. So like one of the things <laughs> I would do is I would I had like a blue towel that I used as like the blue mats that I'd put the ring on. And I would have these uh dishcloths that I would take from the kitchen to use as like the carpet for the aisleways, and I had a stool that would hang washcloths off of And I'd put a WWF VHS on top of it to hold them in place. And that would be the curtain that they would walk through.
0: Oh, man. Was
1: your mom ever like, God
0: damn, where where are the dish towels?
1: No, I think she appreciated the creativity. And to be honest, I I kept all my stuff together. I still have those dish towels with me to this day. (laughs) I should give them back to her.
0: (laughs) I was reminiscing and realized I still owed you something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like I didn't have the original Hasbro ring. I had a bootleg ring and it always me that it didn't have ring steps. Yeah. So I, uh, I took some bits of cardboard and I made my own three dimensional ring steps out of them. Nice. To fix the boot ring that I had.
0: So, so you started doing this at an early age. When you got into like in high school, did you did you like wood shop? How did this all continue into this this passion that you've grown to have over the years? Where you've where you've built these? If anybody hasn't checked it out, you have to go on uh, on Twitter and look up at Ringskirts and uh, check out Nate's um, the the backdrops. If you just go at Ringskirts and then you put a space in the search bar and then you put uh raw uh i think just typing in raw it should bring up your raw set but um if you haven't seen him yet the the amazing figure photography that nate does where he builds the set of raw he builds the uh wrestlemania 9 uh backdrop i've never seen anything like it It, it's just the coolest stuff ever and uh and yeah just it fascinates me at, at like when you developed those skills and got interested in doing stuff like that. It, and uh, apparently it started young, but uh, uh, when, when did you start? Uh, when do you feel like it really took off into the next level that you're at now?
1: Um. So like in high school, I didn't have to make as much because Jack's had the the license and they were producing more of the, the accessories and they had dioramas and they gave you more. So I didn't have to, as much myself but at the level i'm at now it took getting into my own home where i had my own space where i could leave some of this stuff up um as a child it was often a battle between me and my dad that i would make this elaborate setup in the room that was off the side of our living room and he would just be like you got to pick this up and i'm like dude, you have no idea how much time it took me to set this up. This is staying here for the next three months.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: definitely. So once I, like, got my, once I got my own space, things got more elaborate. Nice.
0: And then uh, the whole uh, at Ring Skirts, did, it, it might be uh, mistaken, but don't you – did you create a – it's it can't be that profitable, but you—you you did a side hustle or a side business, aren't you? Um, haven't you sold these uh, ring skirts that you've created to people so that they could uh, set up their own figure photography and and put those the appropriate skirts around their uh, toy rings that they didn't come with those skirts?
1: Yeah, I've been doing that since about two thousand five, just around the time when the Jack's Real Scale Ring came out. Um, I had the idea before that when uh, Jacks had their attitude error ring they actually released some cloth ring skirts and i bought cloth and begged bought cloth and begged my mom to sew them but she never did but once i got a couple sewing lessons in when i was older i started making my own
0: very cool you probably sent those uh if not all over the country maybe all over the world
1: i have all over the world yeah germany australia japan united arab emirates it's pretty cool to uh to know that something that my hands were, were kind of in and created has touched so many different places.
0: Definitely. And it's also cool. Cause I know that, uh, you know, in the, uh, only since January have I started just, you know, painting some of the, the LJNs and I've, and I've sold some of those to people around the country and it's definitely not something where, where you make anywhere, you know, if you spend six to ten hours on something and sell it for forty bucks, you're obviously not in it for making the money so much. But, uh, but it's just really cool the appreciation that so many people have, where they wanted a Ricky Steamboat with WrestleMania, or for yeah. you, you know, they wanted a WrestleMania three ring skirt to go on their their custom ring that they bought, and it's just, uh, I don't know, it just feels really satisfying that. That you got somebody out there that's like minded that appreciates what you created.
1: So, uh, yeah, and it's, it runs the gambit too. Like I have people that want like ring skirts or canvases to recreate certain events, but I also have like a lot of younger people who have their own like fictional f- figure federations, and they'll send me their fig fed logo that they want stuff made for to make things look more authentic for them.
0: So I that's hadn't kind even of thought about that. That's super cool. and then do uh so a lot of the times they're probably coming up with the logo and sending it to you to uh to have you recreate it
1: yeah i'm not much of a uh image editor so i usually get people to send me their stuff i can only do simple things
0: well yeah yeah no i mean uh the uh now, it, I'm trying to think. You did a, uh, I want to say it was WrestleMania 4, Raw, and WrestleMania 9. I think those are the the three that I've seen. How many of the big uh, sets have you made over the years?
1: Um, so in addition to those, I have a Raw's War set that's set up with like the full stage and a working Titan Tron and all that stuff. And as far as other big ones, the only other big one that I did was I did the uh, the In Your House set. Oh, cool. I have some big accessories I've done. Like, I've done the uh, um, Alex Express bus. I've done um, the War Games Double Cage. Oh, yeah. I've seen that one. Yeah. I'm sure there's some other things that I'm just kind of blanking on lot of smaller projects too little things like for my we were talking about big john stud last time for my elite big john stud i sewed a little uh wwf duffel bag filled with money i think i've seen
0: that too that's so awesome Mm -hmm. yeah i think i've seen the duffel bag and uh yeah i wish yeah there's there's all these little things that you kind of wish you had and it's so cool that you can create them yourself
1: yeah you got to fill in the blanks
0: yes yep the uh, the WrestleMania nine and the uh, and Raw uh, the Raw set and the Lex Express these are all like prime when you were uh, getting into it too you're ten years old so I can see why you would uh, why those would be on the list of things to build they're they're like right from your height of nostalgia so. Now it makes more sense knowing that uh that's how old you were and that those are some of the things you chose. Is the uh WrestleMania nine your your favorite if you had to pick a favorite or is that new Raw set, set that's so amazing uh
1: taking the spot? The the Raw set. The uh Manhattan Center is God, it's amazing. It
0: is amazing. I can't believe it. I, did I that. have
1: a miniature Manhattan Center in my basement and I love it. It's phenomenal.
0: Like I said, I'm I'm guessing anybody that's listening to us right now is familiar with it. But for anybody who isn't, um, you just got to check out Nate's uh, Nate's Twitter page. And and, uh, I don't know if it's under raw stage or or what, but uh, you got to find that. It's it's one of the coolest things I've seen. Um, how, How early at an age did you get into photography?
1: You know, I don't even consider myself to be a photographer. This is just something that I kind of uh, just kind of did to share some stuff on Twitter, to be honest. Um, I've never worked with much of a camera. I I just go off of my phone. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, I would I dabbled in some. um, What am I thinking of some stop motion in high school, but it's the kind of thing that you really have to have a tremendous amount of time to dedicate to get good and be able to do good stop motion. So I never went too far with that. So it's just kind of an amateur thing that I've done to kind of share stuff with people. Well, it looks phenomenal. Um,
0: uh, the stuff I do, I, I usually do most of my photos outside just for the lighting. And I think that it's just something different to do. And I just use the LJNs and some Mattels, but I'm in the same. I'm just using my, uh, my phone and i'm using natural light outside um the lighting and stuff you have did you buy just anything special on lights to light your setups that
1: you're uh, that you're sharing pictures of or um i do have a couple like photography spotlights that someone turned me on to i use them sometimes the results have been in some of my sets they look good and some of them they don't look so great but sure i mean my Manhattan Center, for example, I use a couple of those, and then I have a couple uh, mini chandeliers that I made that actually light up that really provide a lot of the light for that arena. But I'll did use you have, other things like a uh, like desk lamp or whatever I have around.
0: Did you have a, uh, a mentor or anybody that was guiding you along the way as far as uh, building this kind of stuff, or did you just figure it out all on your own?
1: Yeah. I just kind of figured it out on my own. You know, it's a lot of trial and error. The thing that, the thing that people see the final product, there's been a lot of, you know, they say blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. I didn't necessarily bleed so much to put these up. There was a lot of tears and a lot of sleepless nights from having an idea in my head that I just couldn't make physically in the real world. And eventually you get there.
0: Well, it's, it's super impressive. And I don't think, uh, I don't think even I can appreciate it, but I feel like uh, most people can't appreciate the hours and hours that uh, that you put into those sets. i I can't even I can't even begin to guess how long the the raw Manhattan Center took you to build. But um, I am going to guess it was months uh, to to get that all into completion. Um, and, and if yeah. not months, then you know it, it had to have been so so many hours.
1: I think I started phys- I think I started physically working on it in February of that year and I was done maybe around June in the summer. Wow. But yeah, the truth is that that's just the time that I worked on it. Before that there were literally years of thinking about how I was going to execute this.
0: And yeah. very very cool. Yeah, the the results turned out phenomenal. So uh I can't applaud you enough for what you what you created. Um, Appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, have you ever had anybody, uh, I don't know, there's a guy named, you've probably seen him, but there's a guy named Manny of uh, Figure Kingdom, I think it is, that does some really great photography as well.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm he, buddies uh, with Manny.
0: Oh, cool! Yeah, I think I want to say in the course of the last six months, maybe it's been more like a year. Time is kind of funny, but I think in the last six months or so, he's actually been hired and and uh, and does it for, as a job now. Uh, am I correct in that?
1: Yeah, I think um, I'm not sure if it I'm not sure if it's Ringside or who, but he has been taking some professional pictures of the loose figures for some companies.
0: Very cool. Is that anything that you've ever aspired to do? Or is this more like the hobby that you do as your uh, your favorite thing on the, on the side of
1: your actual job? You know, I don't know. I can't say that it's something that I ever thought was possible. I, it's nothing I ever looked for. If it came across me, I can't say that I'd say no. You know, I mean, that would be cool to have your work kind of featured someplace professionally. But if it happens, it happens. We'll see. Definitely,
0: yeah. There's a. Uh, as a kid, I went to. Uh, my mom was a huge Disney fan, so we would, uh, for a lot of years, we'd go at least once a year to Disneyland. And being up in the the Northeast, I'm wondering if you ever went to Walt Disney World or Disneyland uh, in your lifetime. If you ever checked either of those places out.
1: Oh yeah, I've been to Disney World a handful of times growing up. Luckily. So
0: um, the reason I ask is. Um, there's, there's a storybook land canal boats in Disneyland. I think they have it in Disney world. There's several other examples in the park of, um, Disney was, I don't know if you know it or not, but Disney himself was a fanatic about, uh, miniatures and miniature models and loved to, uh, loved everything miniature. So it was something that he collected and was totally into. And so there's little models of all the different, uh, rides that they would make and, the. Uh, like say the storybook land of canal boats, they, they made that's something where you ride through, and they've got all these different uh, uh, fairy tale, Peter Pan, Cinderella, all these things made out in miniatures. Um, I'm just kind of wondering when you went to Disney World if things like that, if you gravitated towards those also.
1: You know, I I don't remember seeing those at Disney World, but definitely miniatures and anything in action figure scale was something that I always found interesting. I was always a kid that if I went to a craft store that had like dollhouse stuff, I would look at that stuff for hours. Um, I was constantly looking at like little pieces of garbage or things that I'd find on the ground that looked like something else in the scale of toys. So that always fascinated me.
0: Yeah. I, I could, and I'm sure you had your wheels turning like, how how can I make that work?
1: <laughs> yeah. I'll give you an example. Like as a kid, I was into dabbled in G.I. Joe's, but one of the things that really caught my imagination of the G.I. Joe commercials, it wasn't the toys. It wasn't the vehicles. It was like the trees and the set and the background that those toys were featured in. And that's what I always wanted as a kid.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I was, uh, I was a big G.I. Joe collector too. Um, started probably in 83, 84, so the older stuff, and luckily the G.I. Joe line went for a long time, but I can remember with my best friend um, having like a blanket tucked into the back of our couch and sloping down and using that as like a mountainside that, uh, you know, they, uh, I think it was Snow Job could ski down it and you could set different guys up. And, and uh, you know, basically I have this whole big mountain range they could have their battles on and stuff. So uh, I was a big fan of the G.I. Joes myself.
1: So in a way, I think that's why I gravitated to wrestling because, like, if you're playing GI Joe, recreating that world, it's nearly impossible. I mean, you can't create a whole planet, a whole battlefield. But with yeah. wrestling, you can recreate an arena. That's doable. It definitely is, especially with your skills. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, I'm,
0: I'm so, I'm so excited that you're. Uh, you're on here and I've got uh uh, if you're having fun I uh I've got so many questions I want to ask you on future episodes um but but, uh is it it sound like something you want to come back next time we'll talk about Nikolai Volkov let's do it okay awesome so I'll save those questions in my head right now for next time then and right now we'll get on to uh uh Hillbilly Jim um what do you think about hillbilly jim the wrestler again he would have been uh he still would have been around a little bit and then he came back as a manager um a little later on but what do you think about hillbilly jim the uh wrestler and hillbilly jim the ljn figure
1: yeah so with my fandom he was always around you know he was uh promoting the the vhs tapes and stuff like that so you'd see him from time to time Um, i was was definitely aware of hillbilly jim um I always thought he's fun. I mean, he, he's, he's a good old guy. How how can anybody, well, outside of his hall of fames, outside of his hall of fame speech, how could anybody hate hillbilly Jim? Yes.
0: Yep. yep.
1: That's definitely true. So about, I don't know, probably four or five years ago, I purchased a, uh, a hard drive with like all of the syndicated television shows back to, 82 or 83 and i started to watch like the weekly television to kind of live it again for the first time for myself and yeah. that's one of the things that was really fun is watching hillbilly jim get introduced to the WWF.
0: yeah just being uh, the guy in the crowd right
1: yeah i mean just like such a fun cool thing i remember my brother telling me stories like saying yeah hillbilly jim was a fan but it was cool to go back to be able to kind of see that with my own eyes
0: there's a segment you might remember where he's actually like i think he's wrestling with a dog in one segment and he's wrestling like with a tire on a mattress in another segment so
1: yes and then granny comes in i think
0: yes yeah Yeah.
1: (laughs) good good stuff he tries to bear hug that tire i think
0: yeah yeah totally yeah, how many uh, how many different uh, Hillbilly Jim figures do you have? You, I'm sure you have the LJN, but you probably got Jax, Mattel. Uh, uh, I don't know. And it's probably hard for you to keep track of how many different ones you have.
1: Well, with someone like Hillbilly Jim, it's kind of easy because he doesn't have too many. So I have his LJN. I have his his Bendy, right? He's got a Bendy. Oh, yeah, yeah, he does. And yeah. a thumb wrestler. I don't have any of the thumbs, but I have okay. his... I have his Jax and I have his Mattel, and I think that kind of rounds him out.
0: Right on. Well, what do you think about uh, the LJN itself, the eight-inch uh, LJN?
1: So I give it points for an accessory. I always love when, like, I always love when an accessory is removable. It always drove me nuts that uh, Mr. Fuji's hat was molded on. It's like, come mm-hmm. on. You have the yep. ability to make these hats come off. You've already shown us that you can do it. Just do it. So I like yep. that you can take this hat off. Um, the pose I like, but I definitely don't love as much as I did the Big John Stud pose. So sure. I give this a, sol- a solid four in my book.
0: Cool. Right on. So a four for Hillbilly Jim.
1: Yeah, I didn't always think it was strange the uh, – the undershirt. I don't remember him wearing the undershirt unless he wore it when he was in the crowd, maybe.
0: You know, I've seen uh, something with him with a black undershirt. And I know on the uh, on the prototype, they put him on a black or in a black undershirt. But I don't remember the red either. And when he wrestled, I don't remember any undershirt at all. So yeah, right. it's, uh, it, it does give him an, um, some nice color. But,
1: uh, but yeah, it doesn't really fit. And if I'm if I'm really going to nitpick about the design, if I was going to design an LJN hillbilly gym, he would have had both arms down, chest puffed out, doing the hillbilly gym pose that we all know.
0: Oh, yeah. yep. I hadn't thought about that. You're right. Yep He liked to uh, he liked to do that for sure. I thank you for being on again with me, Nate. It's such a fun time talking with you. Um the next time I have Jan, we'll go over Nikolai Volkov and uh, and uh, see what you think of the Nikolai Volkov LJN, And I'm gonna have some more questions for you. I gotta I gotta ask you about your uh, belt collection a little bit more, but we'll save that for for next time for sure. Sounds good, comrade. All right. I, uh, I once again I thank you so much. This is 80s uh, wrestling fan Brian signing off for another episode of Legendary Wrestling Figures. Thank you so much, Nate. My pleasure. All right. Everybody take care.